we greet everybody in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, uh, let's just get straight to the business of the day and read from 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. It reads as follows. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father, who loves the Father, uh, who, who, lo who loves the Father, loves his, ch uh, his child as well. Amen. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this love for God to keep his command and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Let's pray. Precious Lord, precious Father, precious Jesus, precious Holy Spirit, we thank you this morning for the privilege to be here to worship you, to be here to partake on your word, to be here to fellowship with one another. Father, we thank you that you are with us up to this point, and we thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy and your kindness. In Jesus' mighty name, Father, we thank you that today's word will reach everybody that you have intended to reach with this word, and Father, I thank you that this word will never return void to you. This word will return to you, Lord, having accomplished every single thing you had purposed, O oh God, for everyone who's going to listen to it in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you that this is a season of excellence. This is a season of testimonies. This is a season for greatness for us, your people, O oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated if you are standing. And uh, let's just share on, uh, from the word of God. Like I normally say, I'll just ask everybody um, just to be patient and let's build a, a foundation. Hallelujah. Amen. I know we are preaching under difficult circumstances, difficult uh, conditions whereby people want you to be entertaining the first minute you, you talk. Hallelujah. And uh, You'll never grow spiritually. You'll never grow as a child of God. You, in fact, you'll never grow in anything if you are always looking for instant things. You have to build up, including a message that's going to work for you, including a sermon that's going to work for you. It must be built up and get you to a certain point. Hallelujah and glory to God. In fact, a sermon that's going to change your life is that, is that sermon that's not exciting because it carries the truth that changes lives. In fact, I have to repeat, I've just identified and acknowledged, the more popular you become with everybody when it comes to preaching, it is because you are not preaching the truth. People who preach the truth, they will have a great following, but they won't be popular with everybody. So I have accepted that, that the messages that I preach will never make me popular. I'm happy with that because I believe that it is the truth. I am not going to deviate from the truth in a quest or in an effort of trying to create followers for myself. I'm here to make followers for Jesus. Therefore, I must present Jesus the way he has to be presented and glory to God. Maybe I might just tell you today you are very fortunate and very blessed that you are hearing this message. The likelihood you will not have had this message this morning, I won't give you the details. Just know that you are very blessed to hear me talk this morning. The story could be very different as we talk. So if I was you, I will listen right to the end that God has an appointment with you. In fact, in fact, if I was another pastor or somebody, I won't even stand. I'll have taken that as an excuse not to be here. I said, nothing is going to stop me from preaching the word of God. And I made sure I am here and made sure we set up because I know that somebody, I know it's not a lot of people, somebody, God has a word for them and no devil can stand in the way of the word of the Lord for your life. Whoever you are, 
God is going to bring great deliverance in your life. And just know that it did not come cheap. It came very expensive. It cost the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah and glory to God. And don't forget when you have prospered, when you have succeeded, when you are beginning to see the hand of God in your life, don't forget that it is God who made it possible in your life. Don't even make a mistake and want to thank your ancestors. It is not them, you. Write down the date. I'm talking to you. Write it down. God is going to do something great in your life. It is not some mystical figures or whatever or your hard work or your efforts. I'm telling you now, it is by the grace of God that you are hearing this message that's going to change your life. If I was you, I'm going to listen because some God has something for somebody right here in the name of Jesus. Just don't forget it is from God. Whatever it is, I don't know what it is, whatever God is going to do in your life, just know that it's from God and worship him and hold on tight to God from this point onwards. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let me make a disclaimer, then we do the sermon. Let's read Galatians 3, 26 to 28. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither... Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I just read this scripture just to uh, solve one big uh, problem here that we are sitting with in our times and in our generation. The challenge is the type of message I am preaching might be perceived that is promoting patriarchy and it is not. We are sons of God, whether you are a male or a female, whether you are a man or a woman, we are all sons of God. We are one in Christ. So when you come to the things of God, when you come to spiritual matters, you put aside natural things. That's including your gender and stuff like that. You become a son. We are all sons. We are all equal before the eyes of God. And can somebody say, I am equal with everybody in the sight of God. Just say that. Amen. When you are in the things of God, all right? All right. In Christ Jesus, we are one. And also maybe I might as well take the opportunity to address the issues of race. When we are in Christ, we are one. I know that we live in times whereby people are discriminating against one other group and the other. But once we are in Christ, we become one. There is no Jew, there is no Greek, there is no black, there is no white. We are one in Christ. When we come in Christ, but outside Christ, those things exist. So the problems we are having in society, gender-based violence and uh, race-based violence, etc., whatever you want to uh, call it, is because people are not in Christ. Because if we were all in Christ, we will be one. We won't be doing that as I'm about to show you from scripture that the Bible requires me to love, that the Bible requires me to treat you with respect, irregardless of your gender or skin color, because we are one in Christ Jesus. But outside Christ, that's where these things happen. And that is why during the season, hallelujah and glory to God, During this season, the devil is making sure that the gospel is not preached because it is the only tool that can unite people. Hallelujah. It is the only... In Christ, we become one. But when we are not in Christ, these things will prevail. So the devil knows that when these people are one, I'm, I'm not going to fulfill my agenda. And he has made sure that churches don't meet. They said we can have 50 people in churches and most churches have decided not to open. And because the devil is working. And therefore, those who are listening to me and those who believe in God, those who pray, pray with me and pray with other believers for pastors and leaders of churches to, to be brave and follow the word of God and open churches for 50 people. Even if it's a church that has thousands and thousands of people, at least we can still have 50 people come into our services. Hallelujah. So we must pray for churches to be open because that's the only 
platform that can help us unite people and glory to God. Now I've made that uh, disclaimer. So when I'm using the word son, I'm talking to everybody, irregardless of gender, right? Amen. Amen. And glory to God. Amen. So we are all sons despite gender variation. Sonship is our identity in Christ. Therefore, my title this morning is Clear-cut identity. I'm going to repeat. Clear-cut identity. No confusion. So by the time I finish this message, you should know who you are in Christ in a clear manner with no confusion. That's what I want to teach today. I want to bring you to that level. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Because we are having people who are confused who are in our midst in the churches. We want to introduce things that have nothing to do with our faith as Christians. And I think it's imperative and it's important that we don't uh, confuse uh, matters. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Okay, glory to God. You can just lift it up a little bit. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Right. So I'm going to just give you three things, but two of them I'm going to rush through them. Reason being, we spoke about this last week. Uh, We discussed this last week uh, in detail, but it's just to help those who have never heard that aspect, but only that just to add a few things that I might have left out last week. So I will encourage you to look for last week's message, hallelujah. I think it was the indisputable traits of the Son of God. It's on our channel. Just look out for that and listen to it. So this is the follow-up to that, but we are going to emphasize more on the overcoming part. Hallelujah. Right, so it's three things. The first one is the word identifies you on the basis of your confession. The word identifies you on the basis of your confession. Right. It is through your confession of who Christ Jesus is that you derive your identity. Your identity is derived from your confession that Jesus is the Christ. Your identity is derived from the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. When you confess that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God, then you are already set to have an identity that comes from Christ. Because when you do that, you become adopted as a son of God. And therefore, your identity becomes that of a son of God, not of somebody outside Christ. So in other words, you begin to Define yourself according to what Christ says about you. Hallelujah. Amen. Your confession of who Jesus is will single you out. Your confession of who Jesus is will set you apart. As soon as you say Jesus is Lord, as soon as you say Jesus is the Son of God, is those two statements will begin to set you apart, will make you different from the rest. Hallelujah. And you are not born to blending. You are born to be different. You are born to be singled out. You are born to stand out. You are born to be unique. And therefore, don't waste your time trying to be like other people, trying to fit in, trying to be like the world. You are born unique. You are special in the sight of God. So your confession of who Christ is will make you different. And hallelujah, people must just live with the different you. When they say, shame, since you got born again, you are different. Says, I'm aware of that fact. I am indeed different. Don't feel sorry. Don't feel ashamed. Says, yes, I am unique and I am different and I am not going to apologize. I am a different preacher. I am a different person and I'm not apologizing for that because that's how God made me when I confess Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. When I said he's the son of God, he made me unique. Hallelujah. Amen. And everybody around me will have to adapt to relate with the unique me. 
I am not going to adapt to relate with people who are not necessarily unique and glory to God. Amen. In other words, I am not going to lower my standard to fit in. I am going to uphold the standards of God. Hallelujah. And everybody who wants to relate with me or relates with any other believer, they must up their standards and come to our level and glory to God. Amen. Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, if what I believed before I became a Christian worked, there was no need for salvation. The fact that I accepted Jesus is because I wanted something special. And now I have it, and I'm saying anyone who believes in Christ, you are going to be unique and accepted. Hallelujah. Hey, you won't be like other people. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. But not only that. You will get recognized as a joint heir in lieu of your confession of Christ. As soon as you confess Jesus as Lord, as the Son of God, as the Christ, you will be recognized as a joint heir. In other words, what belongs to Jesus belongs to you. And therefore, any promises in Scripture becomes yours. You become one with Christ. Oh, Miss Cole. Hallelujah. So you have to understand. So this is not easy, I understand. And I'm living in a time whereby uh, people are making me aware, whereby I have to tell you that uh, uh, your haters are going to see what God is going to do in your life. We are not in that stream of the gospel. Um, in fact, that's not the gospel. It's motivation. There's, even if they open the Bible, that's not the gospel. The Bible, as you are going to see, does not teach us to show off. It teaches us to, ha to be humble. As he blesses us, we even go more humble. Hallelujah and glory to God. Amen. Mm. Number two, that's number one, I'm done with it. Number two, the word identifies you on the basis of your obedience to the commands. Your identity is derived from your obedience to the commands. So there will be commands from scriptures. And when you obey those commands, then you get your identity. So this is a clear-cut identity. Hallelujah. Yeah, you want, this one is not fake it until you succeed. I know. You, yes, I listen to other preachers. I'm not talking about such stuff, fake it until you make it. No. You are getting a clear-cut identity of success. You are getting a clear cut identity of prosperity, of wealth, health, and everything. It comes with that. It's clear cut, no faking it. Real stuff. Hallelujah. Amen. Sure. I mean, you'll fake it until you die, Mos. There's no guarantee you'll make it. Hallelujah. Amen. But you can confess Jesus as your Lord. You can confess Jesus as the Christ, as the Son of God, and you make it. Hallelujah. I didn't, say, I didn't say until you make it, and you make it. When you say that, it changes things in the spiritual realm. You make it immediately, and things begin to unfold and manifest in the natural for you. And of course, as those things are unfolding and manifesting, there will be suffering that comes because when you come to Christ, there will be sufferings that are associated with that. But remember what he says in the book of John. He has already overcome the world for you. But don't forget, you are a joint heir. You are one with him. He has already overcome those sufferings. So even when the suffering comes your way, like I, the way I started that, I could not be standing here, you know. But guess what? I always overcome. Hallelujah. I don't know about or something like that. So people will call you that, but they don't know actually you are more than a conqueror. You overcome. You come victorious in any situation when people can explain how you made it. But God will make sure you make it in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. When you obey his commands, of course. Hallelujah. So we are not into the fake it until you make it. We are here into confess it and make it. Hallelujah. So the commands are simple. It's only two. Let's read 1 John 3.23. And this is the command, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus. There you go. 
Christ and love one another just he has made us, just he has commanded us. That's it. When you love one another, then you are my disciples. When we confess him as our Lord and Savior, that's it. Two commands. Remember the first command of acknowledging Jesus as the Son of God, uh, uh, acknowledging Jesus as the Christ, acknowledging him as a Savior. It's called loving God. That's how you love God. It's not crying, how I love you, Lord. No. It's acknowledging his son for who he is. It's honoring the son for who he is. Hallelujah and glory to God. Amen. Because when we read First John chapter 5, verse 1, it tells you how you love God, isn't it? This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commandments. You love God by carrying out the commandments. You don't love God by saying, I love you, Lord. Continue singing the song. It's wonderful. Nothing wrong with the song, but does not mean you love God. You can shout and cry and go, how oh, I love Jesus. I love you, Lord. And cry and cry. If you don't follow the commands, you don't love God. In other words, if you don't love your neighbor as you love yourself, you don't love God. Full stop. How can you love God when you have not seen him, when you hate your neighbor, when you see him every day? That's, that's, that's the scripture. That's the Bible. And that is why we must crush this gospel of haters. Your haters must come to the kingdom of God. We must draw people to Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. You love God, but you are happy that you have haters and you can't wait to show off to them. You should be saying, God, can you save these people who don't love me? Can you show them the way? That's the gospel. That should be your prayer. It should not be, Mudimu, give me that four by four so that they can see. No. Hallelujah. Maybe you should be praying that your, your, your so-called hater or those people who hate you actually gets four by four and so that they can see the hand of God. Not you to show off to them. And yes, I pray that you have a four by four. It's a wonderful thing to have good things. Amen and glory to God. So I'm not crushing material things, but I'm saying we should not focus on those things. Amen. Now read 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. When you love one another, then you are my disciples. Can you see that? When you love one another, then you are my disciples. You get established as a son through love. If you want to know you are a son of God, you must check if you love other people. In particular, those who are in the house of God. In particular, those who are born in your own household. In particular, those you work with. In particular, those you associate with. Hallelujah. Because you can't hate somebody you don't associate with. You associate those you know. Hallelujah. Amen. And glory to God. So when you love one another, especially believers, when you love me, hallelujah, Amen. that's a sign that you are a son of God. When I love you, and that's what I'm doing now, it's a sign that I am a son of God. Hallelujah. But when you have an agenda or you have issues against me, that shows you that the spirit of God is not in you. And it's time for repentance. This is clear cut. Hallelujah. Love will determine your position in your generation. You want to be elevated. Then you must start practicing love. Because God is love after all. Love comes from God. Hallelujah. So you'll be elevated and be made free from the bondage of the devil. Be free from the things of the enemy. So you must practice love. Hallelujah. So love will determine your position in your generation. You will be elevated. That is why you must not compromise. Be unique. Be special. Continue to love. As you do that, he'll lift you up. And that is not in our hands. It's in the hands of God how high he lifts you up. Hallelujah. You can't stop him. When you do this, he'll just take you higher and higher. And all of us will see the glory of God upon your life. And that's what we are here for. We are here to display the glory of God. Amen. And uh, we said uh, last week, I just want to throw this one back. Don't be afraid to love. Because God is love and love is from God. So do whatever you can to love. You know, I, 
The love of God has been poured upon your heart by the Holy Spirit already. So you have it within you to love everybody. Even those who are not lovable, you can love them. You don't have to love people because they love you. You must love them before they love you. Remember, Jesus Christ loved you before you could love him. God loved us while we were still sinners. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, not when we were good. So people must be loved before they repent. You don't have to wait for them to be perfect. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this is, this is going to transition us to the next point, and we close the message. Write on your notes, loving nothing, Desiring nothing in the world, it's a clear tell sign of the love of God. Loving nothing, desiring nothing in the world, it's a clear tell sign of, of the love of God. 1 John 2, 15 to 16. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. The Bible here says don't love anything in the world. Don't desire anything in the world. Because these things that are in the world, they are not from God. It lists three things here. It's a category of things. I'll give you a reference. Go and find it. Uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes, many years, preached a good sermon along these lines. Hallelujah. Talking about the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, pride of life. I'll never outdo him on that. He did a fantastic job. So I'm giving you a reference. Go and find the sermon. Listen to it. Uh, hallelujah. It's a good message explaining this. I've never heard it ex- being explained better than that. But the point here is that the things that your body desires, don't desire them. You have to constantly fight against the desires of the flesh. Our flesh, the unregenerated flesh, has its own desires and passions. And don't sign up for those desires and passions. You know them. I am not a radio announcer here. I'm not a radio preacher. I could make a list. They, they are so very good on that. Hallelujah. That's why some of you, you think they're pastors. They're just radio people. Hallelujah. They can tell you all kinds of sins that your body desires. You know them. So I don't have to make the list. All right? Hallelujah. They are nice when you do them in Sutu. Okay? Because when I don't sign up for the desires of the flesh, I need your body desires certain things, you know. And they say it's normal. But if you are a child of God, you must overcome them. Because if you don't overcome that, it says you don't have the love of God. We talk about the love of God, but we have never really seen it from this point. It says it is not from the Father, but it is from the world. That is why you must be a son. The passions of the flesh or the desires of the flesh, they are not from God. So if you are controlled by the passions or the desires of the flesh, it's a tell sign that you are not a son. A son should not be controlled by the passions of the flesh. Or desires of the flesh, for that matter. The other thing he mentions here, he says, the desires of your eyes. Hey, Eyes will separate you from God. Will separate you from the love of God. Let me leave it there. You know what I'm talking about. He mentions the last one. The pride of life. Let me tell you what is the pride of life. The pride of life is when you begin to ad- identify yourself according to the material possession you have. And the Bible says the life of man is not determined by the possessions he has. Your life is not determined by what you have. The quality of your life is not determined by your positions or possessions rather. 
Because I see people, even we preachers, you must see how we dress. We make so much effort to look fashionable because we think the quality of our messages is determined by our silly suits. Hallelujah and glory to God. Having nice things don't determine your identity whatsoever. Wearing Louis Vuitton or whatsoever, or Gucci, or you can name the labels, all right, will never determine your identity. Actually, it's more of a sign of low self-esteem. Hallelujah. And glory to God. It is a good thing when you have those things, but they don't determine who you are. When you are ready to do gardening, wearing them, like I will do. Hallelujah. Because they should not determine who you are. Hallelujah. Amen. Who is with me? Yeah, are you with me? You think you'll be a better guy or a better woman when you have the nicest car. A car will never determine your identity. You had an identity before the car. The Bible says he knew you before you were formed. Mudimu knew you before these things were there, in fact. And therefore you derive your identity from Christ. Your suburb or whatever or your education will never determine your identity. And most importantly, what you do for a living does not identify your identity. Or rather, define your identity. Because some people, all you are, you are what you do. Outside what you do, you are nothing. Outside pastoring, you have no identity. That's a problem. Let me tell you, I was never born again to be a pastor. I was never saved to be a pastor. I was saved and born again to be a son of God. Full stop. Then he called me to go and spread the message of salvation. But the objective was not for me to be a pastor. Therefore, I don't identify myself as a pastor. That is why wherever I go, I'll never be pushing around and asking people to recognize me as a pastor because I am not their pastor for starters. I'm the pastors or the people who are here on those who recognize me as their pastor. Everybody else, they're not my pastor. Sorry, I'm not their pastor. Who hears what I'm trying to say? Hallelujah, because that's not who I am. I am a son of God, period. And so you are. Hallelujah. And all these other things that he has added on you, they don't define you. They are not your identity. Glory to God. Amen. So I read the scripture just to show you that if you pursue these other things, it's showing you that you don't have the love of the Father because these things, they are not from God. Hallelujah. Amen. Right? Let's do the last part in closing then. Hallelujah. And I said this deliberately because we talk from life from the point of helping others, of which I did it last week. But I'm talking from love from the different point of view from today that you have to do what the Bible says regarding the love of God. It also talks about shunning the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. We have to walk away from that. That's if you love God. If you don't, it means you don't love God, isn't it? Yes. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's it. Then it explains pride of life, desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes. They are from the world. They are not from the Father. So if you desire those, it's a sign that you are not a son. That should not be your driving motivation to accumulate material things. Hallelujah. In fact, for we believers, for we born again people, God adds these things. We don't get out of our way pursuing them. They get added. Seek ye the kingdom of God and all its righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. Where we left off last week, <laughs> I'll finish it this week. I will. Amen. The word identifies you on the basis of your victory over the enemy, the devil, Satan. You see, if you are not conquering the devil, you are not a son as yet. A son will have continual 
victory over the devil. The devil will attack you, but you always overcome. He comes your way, you overcome. So the thing here is, the more mature you become as a son, the greater the attacks will be from the enemy. But the greater your victory will be. Because in your DNA, in your identity, the way you are designed, you are designed to have victory to overcome the enemy. So if you are continually being defeated by the enemy, it is a tell sign, a clear-cut sign that you are not yet a son. Hallelujah. Let me show you a simple example. When Goliath was uh, going to fight with David and everybody was afraid, David, when he looked at Goliath, he said, I don't come in my name, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts of the armies of Israel. Remember, I told you that Jesus Christ is a type, or not rather, Israel was a type of Christ. I'm coming against you in the name of God, the God you have defied. He's going to give you into my hands. Today, I'm going to cut off your head. I'm going to feed your head and your body to the, to, to the vultures, and the vultures are going to feast from your body because you are the son of God. But when you're not a son, the devil would be going. The devil will do as he pleases in all us. He, he brings the easiest ones. You fail there. Hallelujah. But those who are mature sons, greater is their tribulation, greater is their sufferings, but guess what? Greater is the victory. You see, those who, who know soccer, winning a match in the last uh, 32, it's okay. In the last 16, it's okay. In the quarterfinals, maybe. Eh? Semifinals, almost. Eh? Ah, the final. That's where it matters. Yes. But you have to conquer all those along the way. So you must understand, the greater the victory, the greater your opponent will be. The more attack comes your way, but you will overcome. So sometimes when people are having challenges in their life, it is not because they are sinners, it is not because they are devil, it's because they are matured children of God. They can handle the things that are coming their way and they can overcome those. Hallelujah. But when you are not a threat to the devil, when you are not a son of the devil, he gives you peace. He does not touch you because you are advancing his kingdom. Hallelujah. So for you to become an overcomer, there must be an obstacle to overcome. Ah, I have to repeat that. For you to become an overcomer, you must overcome something. If there's nothing to overcome, you can't be an overcomer. So for you to be a son of God, one of the signs is for you to continually overcome obstacles that are set in your way. Baushapaka Corona 2019, you overcome. If indeed I'm a son of God, listen, I didn't say pastor. If indeed I'm a son of God, as small as our church is, we will come out strong. Hallelujah. We will overcome this thing with limited resources. We will overcome because we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus that loves us. So we can take anything the devil throws our way. Let me tell you, this season, everybody has been dealt the same blow, has been hit by the same feast. But those who are strong in the Lord, they can handle it. The challenges of the mega church and the small church and the medium-sized church are the same. The challenges of the corporate South Africa are the same challenges 
challenges of the church. We all have the same challenges, but those who are going to emerge stronger are those who are sons of God, regardless of whether they are in the corporate, whether they are in the church, whether their church is big or small. What matters, it is their clear-cut identity. If they are sons of God, they are going to come out stronger. They are going to come out victorious because nothing can stand in their way. They'll always go through in Jesus' mighty name. Don't be afraid of the mountain you see before you. That mountain shall be removed before you. It has been removed by Jesus. I call him the Superman. My brother Jesus is the Superman. He will remove the mountain before you. If you are a son. Hallelujah. He says, I've already overcome the world. No temptation you can bring my way that Jesus has not overcome already. And I'm saying sons of God will overcome every single thing that comes their way. Hallelujah. I'm saying tough times will come. But sons will overcome tough times in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. And I am a son of God, and I believe I'm talking to the sons of God. Everything that's coming your way, you will handle it as a son. You will overcome as a son. And let your generation praise God for displaying the glory of God, for showing this generation that our God, he lives. Our Redeemer, he liveth. Even if they can take away everything from us, we will always rise again. Because we overcome. The Bible says the power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's working mightily inside me and you. It's working. So the resurrection power is inside us. Our identity is that of the resurrection power. You can pull, put us down, but we rise again. Because we have the power of God inside us. We are overcomers. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Oh, I haven't read the scripture. Let's read it quickly. First John 5, 4 to 5. For everyone born of God. Listen to this. I, I did not read the, I didn't write the scripture. I just found it in the Bible and I'm just reading it as is. First John 5, 4 to 5. For everyone born of God. Born again, spirit-filled, overcomes the world. And this is high time that you realize that you are born of God. You're supposed to overcome. Stop looking for Papa or the man of God. To oh, It says everyone born of God overcomes. I have already explained to you what it means to be born of God, right? So if you identify with that, you are an overcomer. If it's clear that you are born again, you overcome the world. It says so. You overcome the desires of the flesh. You overcome the desires of the eyes. You overcome the pride of life. Guess what? You overcome the enemy, the serpent of old, the devil himself is under our feet in Jesus' name. We have overcome him because we are born of God. Listen to this. It says, this is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. What I taught you, if you are listening carefully, it's a faith message. This is the first time I'm using the word faith probably in this message. But everything is faith. This is the message of faith. Not wishful thinking. Who is he that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. Ah. It asks you, it says, who is he that overcomes the world? Only, in brackets, can you see? Clear cut. Only the one, the one, this is not a group thing. The one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. That's all you have to bring on the table. 
The rest, the master himself will do it on our behalf. And that is called grace. I have just preached about faith. I have just preached about grace. Hallelujah. So that is the message of the gospel that our generation needs to hear. Hallelujah. The message of Jesus Christ being the son of God, being the Christ. We loving him by obeying his commands. And that is loving our neighbors. That is loving one another. And that is following what he wants us to do in scripture. And that is the love of God. And loving him, it means overcoming the devil. You don't overcome the devil. It means you love the devil. If It's very clear. I read on the newspaper. But Peter Musimane hates losing with passion. I wish they could say that about us Christians. That we lose. No, no. We hate losing with passion. When we face the devil. There's no way he's going to beat us. We'll make sure we win. And I'm praying that you desire and have the passion to conquer the devil every time. Hallelujah. When your identity is clear cut by the word, the following is true as I close. You overcome the world not because of what you do, but because of who you are. Can I repeat that? These are my last points. You overcome the world not because of what you do, but because of who you are. Your identity brings you the victory. But I've shown you how you can identify with Christ. It is not about your skills, your knowledge. All those things. It says, it is not by might, nor by power. It is by my spirit, says the Lord. Every son of God has the spirit of God crying, Abba, Father, in them. And this whole world, this whole generation, this whole creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And we're living in the time that they will see the manifestation of the sons of God. That's Romans 8. Eh? Where am I? So you have to be, have a clear-cut identity. Be clear that you are born again. Don't waver. Work on that. Work on that. Don't work on fantasy. Work on your salvation. Once you are sure about your salvation, victory is yours. The problem we are having a bunch of people who go to church, who worship with us, who even preach with us, who are not sure about their salvation. And no wonder there's no victory. The church looks weak at the moment. That we are threatened by coronavirus, but not here in this place. We are born of God because we believe that Jesus is the Christ. Let me tell you a testimony. I am successful not because of what I did, but because of who I am in Christ. My identity in Christ determined and manifested success in my life. And there's more success and more success coming because of who I am in him. And that's it. Hallelujah. Because it's important to go to school. It's important to work hard. But I can tell you now, those things have limitations. But true success comes from God. And I thank you that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Therefore, you can overcome the world if the greater one is in you. Hallelujah. And uh, we are going to make confessions. Don't run away online. We are going to make powerful confessions, five of them. Then you are good for the rest of the year at least. In fact, good for the rest of your life. 
because this is Gospel 101. Next week, it's Gospel 101 until I die. I stay here. I'm not, this is where we stay, all right? Hallelujah. All these other things, let me give you advice. I'm a nice guy. Go to business school, go to university, go to school, okay? We are not school principals, we pastors. We are preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you listen to a pastor, you must hear Jesus. You must hear about the Christ. You must hear about the word of God. Everything else, go to the right institutions. They'll provide the knowledge. I'm not here to give you a free MBA. Hallelujah. Giving you the principles of success. No. Actually, people are so lazy, they don't want to work hard, they don't want to do their part, they come to us and expect us to lay hands on them. It doesn't work like that. Here I'm going to give you the principles of the kingdom. Everything else, you must do like everybody else does. And you'll see the favor of God upon your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You're not saving, you go to your bank account, there'll be zero. Amen. I'm not going to lay hands for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, let's go on. Hallelujah. Even if God has given you a lady or a man, if you don't propose, it's not going to heaven. Let's leave it. Let's, let's close the message. We preach about Jesus. Hallelujah. Until you smile to Michaelwane, he will remain your hater. Just give him a smile. Just send him chocolates. Just show them love and let's see if they remain haters. Hallelujah. It's because when they are haters, you want to show them. No. Display the love of God and let's see if they continue being haters. Amen. Because love overcomes. Hallelujah. Amen. This is what I'm trying to say to you this morning, Basalani, with this whole message all together. We are not called to compete against each other. We are called to complete each other. We are one in Christ Jesus. We are the body of Christ. And therefore, each member of the body needs each other to function. So we can be making people to be separated and to fight against each other in the body of Christ. We have to push for this unity because we are his body. We are called to complement each other, not to compete against each other. We compete about who's having the loudest sound system in the churches. That era is done because you don't need the line array anymore. You need the gospel message that unifies the church. Hallelujah and glory to God. When we have faith to love one another, we defeat the enemy. You want to defeat the devil? Love one another. He who overcomes principalities is the one that confesses that Jesus is the Christ and obeys the command. You must continually confess Christ to be the son of God. That will make you a pure, pure son of God that overcomes and a joint heir. And this will make you victorious in all aspects of life. Hallelujah.